Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Well, good morning and welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. My name is Brendan, and I am very excited to welcome our guests for the podcast this week. Um, the uh, I can't say one and only because there's two of you, the two and only uh, Pete and Jesse Schuett. So thanks for welcome, coming onto the podcast, you guys. Yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Super excited. So uh, Pete and Jesse were, how long has it been since you guys left? Just over two, two years. years. Yeah. Okay. So two years and you guys were here for two years. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm pretty sure most of our listeners like were here when you guys were here. Um, do you want to just give us a little snapshot into what daily life looks like for you now? Where are you? What are you doing? How is, how have things changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are in golden Valley, Minnesota, which is just outside of Minneapolis. Um, Peter is working for a ministry called Merge or called Shine, and they're working on, a, on an initiative called Merge, which is um, a stadium event that's going to be put on next summer in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, I'll let you kind of share, you share more about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically we're just reaching out to the nations that are gathered here in the Twin Cities. There's over a hundred nations represented, um, with over a million. Yeah, with over a million people who represent those nations, and 90% of them don't know Jesus. And so it's basically just a movement to unite the churches across ethnic lines, across denominational lines, uh, to come together to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to reach um, the lost in our city. So super excited for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. What's, what's been kind of the hardest, biggest challenge for you in that, Pete? Yeah, um, it was kind of just been wild to see how God's worked. Um, I got... I've, <laughs> been put in a place of leadership that I didn't really expect. Um, whereas, you know, I'm overseeing the, the whole campaign, which has been wild. It's, uh, if anyone knows me, they know I am not uh, a super detail-oriented, uh, organized person, man. I kind of fly by the seat of my pants, but um, it's just been kind of fun. Like God's been refining uh, some of those, uh, you know, characteristics and traits in me, uh, just uh-huh. growing me as a leader, which has been- uh, That's awesome. Super fun. Super fun. Yeah. So there's often times where you're thrown into things that you've never done before. And all of a sudden you're kind of learning as you go. Yeah. Um, but you're doing it because you love people and you love what the mission and vision is. Um, right. So you're willing to learn. Um, but yeah. it's definitely a growing process. Oh yeah. I got thrown in the fire. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And how about you, Jesse? Yeah. yeah. I'm working at a public school in the area that is, um, also right outside of Minneapolis. So we represent 47 different nations at our school. Um, And I'm a special ed teacher teaching math to students with disabilities. Um, And it's going well, it has been, so my first day back um, after having our our first daughter, Livia, um, my first day back from maternity leave was the first day of distance learning. So it's been quite the adjustment. I've had almost a nine-month maternity leave, and it will oh my gosh. into the fall because we are starting with distance learning in September. Um, so 
it's it's awesome though. I love my students. Um, it's a lot different than my job when I was working in Thorn Apple, Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and but I love it. I have um, middle school, junior high age kids um, who are just um, yeah, who are hungry for for you know learning, who are excited about life, who are really spunky. So it's really fun. That's awesome. And you, so you guys are planning on doing distance learning, meaning uh, there's no in-person classes. Right. So we're, I mean, everything's kind of up in the air based on our county's um, COVID numbers, but our school has decided to do four weeks beginning um, the year with distance learning. So I'll be home, kids will be home, um, everything will be online. And then we'll kind of go in like a phase by phase approach. So our first phase will be one-on-ones with kids and then we'll eventually do four-on-ones with kids. And then um, I don't really know what the end goal is because I don't um, think that there's a lot of talk about returning to full on normal school by the end of the year, but who knows with, you know, everything's kind of a Mm -hmm. open game with this uh, virus. So, Uh, but that's our plan and I'm excited to hopefully be in video calls with kids soon. I miss them. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, we have our we have plans, which is good to have. And then we have to main, remain flexible with plans, and that takes a lot of uh, tenacity and flexibility and perseverance and all that stuff. And props to you, Jesse, for sticking with it. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of teachers who just want out or just want it to be all over, and it's hard. Yeah, it's yep. definitely been a challenge, but. Um, hopefully not too much longer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. Um, well, thanks guys for being on the podcast. So for those who are new to this podcast, what we do is we, um, we open up the scripture passages from the Bible reading plan that Victory Point has, and it takes us through usually an Old Testament, a Psalm, uh, an, usually another Old Testament somewhere, and then um, a New Testament and then a gospel. And so we'll kind of be going through those this week. Um, and Pete and Jesse will be our guests for the whole week, which I'm really excited about. Um, and uh, so last week we had the Lothamers on. Um, I don't know, you guys, have you guys ever met Jeff and Chrissy Lothamer? They're some of our mission partners over in Bister, England. They have the coffee shop, right? Yeah, yeah, filter. Did we go out to coffee? Were, were you there? No. I've never actually had a chance to meet them in person, but I've heard what they do and just okay. Encouraged from afar. So okay, we had them last week. Uh, next week we're gonna have Billy Ray from. At least I think it's Bill, gonna be Billy, Billy Ray. Ray. Yeah. Uh, no, no, <laughs> Billy Ray from uh, Iraq from um, Refuge Initiative. And then after that we're gonna have uh, Tom and Kristen Bursma from the Philippines. So, so I don't know wh- why, but it just kind of ended up like this, where I was like, well. Now that we're getting, you know, the Lothamers on, what if we kind of pursue some of our other mission partners? But yeah. I thought of you guys too, as you guys aren't like official mission partners, but you're definitely people who are distant from Victory Point, but people who Victory Point are still uh, very much tied to and, and pray mm-hmm. for and think about a lot. And so um, in that way, you guys kind of are partners of ours. And yeah. I thought, oh, that'd be, it'd be great to, you know, squeeze Pete and Jesse in here too. So, um, That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Of course. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys could do this. Um, so let's read this uh, scripture passage. Um, it's a little bit longer. Um, so does one of you guys want to read this one for us? 
It's going to be Exodus 1, 8 through 2, 10. Yeah. So we could maybe even, maybe you guys could even split it up. You guys want to split it up somewhere? Sure. Yeah. We'll just do a little popcorn reading here. Okay. But I, I can start it off. Yeah. Okay. Great. So Exodus 1, verse 8, eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. They forced them to build the cities of Pidim and Ramses and supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more the Israelites multiplied and spread. And the more alarmed the Egyptians became. So the Egyptians worked the people of Israel without mercy. They made them... They made their lives bitter, forcing them to mix mortar and make bricks and do all the work in the fields. They were ruthless in all of their demands. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why, do you have, why have you done this, he demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. About this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at the a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew, Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. Hmm. Thanks, Pete and Jesse. So as we read this passage, we're just asking the Holy Spirit, um, would you illuminate the scriptures for us? And uh, would you just draw out a word or a phrase or an image for us to guide us? Um, because especially like in the Old Testament, um, it can be hard to make sense of these stories for ourselves today. But that's exactly what we need to do is to listen intently and go, what does this have to say to us? 
and there might be a you know a commentary answer or there might be a you know a preaching answer or whatever but what we're looking for is what is the word that god has for us today right so pete and jesse as we kind of read this story what's your inkling what's your sense of what might be grabbing your attention out of this passage for you guys yeah i am um, one thing that stood out to me um was uh the Egyptian midwives, uh, mm -hmm. but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders to, you know, to kill these Israelite babies. And um, later on in verse 20, you know, there's that like cause and effect relationship where it's like, because the, the, these midwives fear God, it says in verse 20, God was good to the midwives. And then 21, and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And I don't know, I was just kind of struck by um, this thought of like fearing God isn't this like cowering away from him, um, terror, but it's this honor and reverence of like, I know who God is and it produces within me healthy and wise actions. Mm -hmm. And as a result, as I live in and I press into the fear of the God, fear of God in my life, um, there's a blessing that comes with it. You know, it's so mm -hmm. clear in verse 20 and 21. So God was good to them. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. And so, I don't know, I was just kind of struck with, by that. And I've always read that verse a little bit different now. Um, when Jess was pregnant with Liv, um, yeah. there's this Liberian pastor I was friends with, or I'm a friend with, and he called me. He goes, you know, <laughs> he goes, I'm praying, um, you know, that Jesse has the anointing of a Hebrew woman. Like because in, in verse 19, you know, where the, uh, the midwives are like, the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are more vigorous and they have their babies so quickly. And so he's like, I just pray that Jesse would be like a Hebrew woman and have her baby quickly. And so every time I read this verse now, I read it a bit different. But I think that's what stood out to me, man, is just that the fear of the Lord on these midwives and God's response because they were living in the fear of the Lord. There was a mm -hmm. blessing on their life that came from that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome, Pete. How about you, Jesse? Well, it's funny because I actually highlighted those two same verses. So that's that also really stuck out to me as I was reading just the, the um, yeah, obedience to the heart of God, knowing what God's heart was for his kids, mm -hmm. um, and then just the response that God provides that, um, yeah, his response of when we're obedient is to, to um, yeah, just shower blessing over us. So mm. um, I read those two stuck out. And then in Exodus 2, um, when they're talking about the birth of Moses, he mm. saw that he was a special baby. Um, and it, it just, I feel like that whole story of how she just put so much, she kept him hidden for three months and then she um, had the, the faith and the, the trust of God to send him down a river <laughs> um, in a basket. I just think about that and we read that story and it's like, you know, you see like even kids movies about sending a baby down the river. But I'm thinking about how that would actually be in real life after knowing and three months with, with Livia even, um, just thinking about, um, yeah, faith, yeah. The, the faith it would take to let your baby go and to release your baby um, and how God, um, also honored that and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, that like she got to nurse her baby. She got to, 
to raise her baby mm. um, until it was time for him to be kind of set into his, um, yeah, the, the, the giftings that God had for him. Um, yeah. So that really stuck out to me, just the, the faith it would take. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine taking my child and putting, putting her in a basket and just leaving her there. Yeah. <laughs> it seems horrible. Yeah. Imagine walking away from that child. That's, that's a lot of faith, but then to have that child return to you, mm -hmm. um, man, to imagine what your relationship with God would be after that, you know, after you gave your baby up and God gave it back to you almost reminds me of um, Abraham and Isaac. Yeah, you know, yeah. Laying, laying, binding his son up, right? Not in a basket, but you know, in in ropes, and then putting him down on an altar and about to kill him, and God gives him back. You know, yeah, it reminds me of that. He becomes kind of like an offering. Um, yeah, and uh, um, I think uh, this is it. This coming week, yeah, I, th I think in this week we're going to be doing Romans twelve. Is that right? Like yeah, your yeah. bodies as living sacrifices. Like thinking about that too, just previewing that. Um, for me, there's a bunch of stuff in here. Um, I mean, I want to steer away the, from the political in this sense, but when Pete, when you said, uh, you know, the the midwives disobeyed the the orders of the uh, the, the the pharaoh, right? Like they didn't they didn't do the, as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. Um, we have a lot of you know, government orders right now, but also thinking about abortion and like letting kids live. And I want to steer away from the political about that to say like, there, here's some people who were ordered to kill babies, you know, right. It's a lot, lot farther in extreme than what we experienced. And they disobeyed. They said, no, we're, we're not going to do this. And, um, and so to see the faith of these women to stand up for life and to say, we're going to preserve the life of these kids. And, um, and that leads to the multiplication, right? And so that the, I was just thinking of that, what, what you said, Pete, and just wanted to draw that in um, and just wonder what does that have to say about um, an issue that we deal with in our country? Mm -hmm. But um, also when you, when you were reading it, uh, Pete, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied is what it said um, yeah. at the beginning. Uh, verse 12, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied. And I think that's just the story of the church. It's the story of the kingdom of God, you know, when uh, with martyrs. And when you, when you try to squish the church, when you try to squish the kingdom of God, when you try to, um, you know, uh, stop disciples from making disciples, it just causes more multiplication. And uh, it's a miracle you know, that um, these people were multiplying and growing and increasing to the point where they were able to say, uh, Pharaoh, we're going to, we're going to go become our own nation now. Mm. So um, God really prospered the people, even though they're under oppression, mm. God was kind of germinating a seed that would later grow into his people that could go into the promised land. So mm -hmm. that's kind of what I was seeing, like that, I mean, a lot of us experience oppression in many different ways. I certainly experience oppression a lot less than some of our other brothers and sisters in the world and even in our country. Um, and this passage gives me hope um, that God's heart is for deliverance for those people. And in the meantime, um, that there's multiplication uh, to occur in their lives and in their churches. Um, so I'm just praying for that, I guess.
Yeah, that reminds me too of Acts 8, where it's, in, you know, it's uh, verse 1. It says, a great wave of persecution uh, swept over the church in Jerusalem. And then verse 4 says, but the believers who were scattered because of this persecution preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. And it was mm -hmm. from that place of persecution um, and these believers just embodying and living out the gospel that the church grew and spread. And it was, you know, kind of what you're talking about, like with the Israelites, it was like, as they were oppressed, as they were persecuted, the church spread, you know, the gospel mm -hmm. spread, the church yep. grew. So, so good, man. Amazing. Well, thanks guys. I'm going to kick us out of this wave and uh, Pete and Jesse, if, if there was kind of a, you know, a, a word of encouragement out of this passage that you would speak, like, what would, what would that be as we kind of go out of here? would be in a word of encouragement from this passage you think i think um yeah just going back to that that reverence um mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. to position ourselves um in a place of reverence of the lord and to um yeah just encouraging our the body to to position ourselves in reverence daily um in our yep. prayer time just like in honestly, admiration of like the blessings in our life, like our family, the people around us, our community, um, the nature, like everything you around us can point to, um, just awe and wonder of God. Um, mm -hmm. it can also bring such a, a great reverence and fear. And I think the more that we position ourselves in that way, um, uh, the more we're going to experience God in our life. Yeah. 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 Fearing God and not attaching ourselves um, to the king of Egypt, so to speak, but attaching ourselves um, to God. Yeah, I love that in reverence. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm going to kick us out of this recording, and we will see everyone. We'll not see you, but we'll be with you tomorrow morning for our Tuesday podcast. Uh, tune in then. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Mm -hmm.